I'm Jamie O'Kane, CPA, Small Business Advanced Tax Planning and Compliance Extraordinaire. And this is the Abundant Beans Podcast, the podcast that takes my love for learning what makes people tick while digging into the good, bad, and ugly of small business ownership. We strive to give you the insight that only those in the trenches of being and working with entrepreneurs can provide. I'd like to welcome to the podcast today, Jamie Lerner. Hi, Jamie. Hi, Jamie. How are you? <laughs> you know, of all the Jamies, I've, I've never had a, another Jamie on the podcast yet. And I have never had a podcast host named Jamie. So this is the first. <laughs> and we both spell it correctly. So <laughs> It's amazing. It's amazing. Um, Jamie is co-author of the book, The Ever-Loving Essence of You, where you can put a fresh spin on just about anything that anyone throws her way. I have so many questions. Her unique and masterful ability to reframe even the most difficult situations is astounding. All of a sudden, your biggest nightmares become your greatest pleasure as she lovingly helps you sift through the contrast and find that small opening of light that quickly becomes your greatest jumping off point for clarity. I love clarity. <laughs> Huge fan. Unassuming, reassuring, and seemingly without any sense of ego, Jamie Lerner is able to put everyone and everything at ease. I can attest. We had like a 30, like a 15 minute phone call. Um, I always do, I do a pre-interview and Jamie was like amazing. And I was like, oh, I need more Jamie time. <laughs> it was awesome. Jamie Lerner is an asset to any corporate setting. She's able to untangle the issues in hand and move right along into helping facilitate a solution-based platform for creative, productive, good feeling collaboration and change. Jamie can most often be seen working with individuals, children, adults, and couples, as well as with small groups. She never positions herself as expert of anything and is always reminding you that it is you who knows the best for yourself always. I love that. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Um, so I want to get a little background first. Um, what was your first job? Like first, first thing anybody ever paid you to do? Um, like way before I went to college and actually had, I worked yeah. at a gas station and I got to wear one of those really cool jumpsuits Oh wow! and it was, and it was red and I pumped gas and it was so awesome. And I just felt like such, like such a rock star. That is and, so funny. Yeah. And it was literally when cigarettes cost like under 50 cents and <laughs> and I was way too young to be working, but it was great. That was that's, my first job. That's so fun. And I love how you're like, yep, it was fun. I felt like a rock star in my red jumpsuit. I did. I did. I loved it. <laughs> so I've always, I grew up in Colorado. So like having other people pump your gas is not really a thing here, but we used to go to Washington state all the time because my stepdad's from there and they, they, you're not even allowed to pump your own gas in Washington state. Still? I, think they just, yeah. I think they just changed that. Wow. Um, but for the longest time and people would come out and pump our gas and I'd be so confused. I'd be like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not allowed to get out. Okay. I'll stay in the car. So how did you decide to become a psychotherapist? Well, um, I grew up with a lot of contrast in my household. Mm -hmm. Um, I grew up, um, my house was a revolving door of international people from all over the world. And oh, wow. so I was always fascinated by interpersonal relationships. And so I knew that I would do something in um, the field of psychology. So I went and got my master's in social work and had really amazing internships. And then when I graduated, I got hired. My very first job was with a corporation and they handed me about 25 
file folders and three keys to three different offices in different locations and said, these are your clients and you will be receiving one hour of supervision a week. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so they just like threw you into patient care. That was it. That was it. And it was really, it was an amazing opportunity for me to, um, to really, I have to say, be open to receiving from the universe because even though I had no idea what I was doing, I was really dead on That's awesome. every moment with those clients. So it was, it was great. So I want to kind of come back to the word contrast because you use contrast um, instead of conflict. Is that correct? Instead of anything that mm -hmm. is negative. So contrast is kind of a very neutral word. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really anything other than what we're wanting for ourselves. Okay. All right. I love that. Yeah. Um, so just kind of reframes because that's what you do. The reframing. Yes. It just kind of reframes it as it's just different than, you know, what just you're expecting. Exactly. I love that. Mm -hmm. um, so that's at cool. what point did you decide to shift your practice? So you had a practice for a long time, didn't you? Yes. Yeah, so then after I left that corporate job, I was pregnant and I started my own private practice and I took some of those clients with me. And all along, I have to say, I felt like this was not really right for me. Mm -hmm. I never felt 100% comfortable asking people to continue to look back if mm -hmm. we're wanting to move forward. So I kept asking myself the question over and over again, like when would be the best time and how could I possibly give up this really great practice and do something different? And I realized there's never going to be a good time, but um, to continue this way, not feeling 100% Good about what I'm doing I was not comfortable for me so I scrapped it <laughs> I love and it. studied and traveled and now I'm doing something really different and really wonderful which is just assisting people to assist themselves I love that so you took your background in psychotherapy and added tell us about the elements you added and how well, you shifted it I added this um, idea that I always believed in, which is we know best for ourselves. And when we're connected to ourselves and when we can ask ourselves what we're actually wanting, then I think that um, the sky's the limit. So. so tell us about, tell us about your book, um, The Ever-Loving Essence of You. Um, I, had, I had a few minutes just kind of flip through some of the available online chapters, but tell us about the book and um, how, it's, how, how it's been impacting people. Um, I think the ever-loving essence of you is it's a timeless gem. And I think it's a reminder of what we already know but may have forgotten. Mm -hmm. And it just really speaks to um, kind of reconnecting to yourself mm -hmm. and your inner knowing, your, your inner being, and creating and recreating the relationship that you have with yourself moment by moment. And, I think that there is, that is the foundation for every other relationship we go on to have. And that mm -hmm. including professionally right. with every relationship we have with our clients as well. So Absolutely. Um, I find it interesting that you say reconnecting with our relationship with us because I, I do know at, from being a parent that, you know, what we say to our children is something that they say to themselves. Um, and I read a lot about like the tones we use and all of that and how that's so important because they will start using our voice in their heads or, you know, for themselves. Um, so how, how do you, do you find that that's true for people? Like they hear their mother's voice or they hear their father's voice or they hear other people's voices and they're not hearing their own. 
I, I do, although I must say that I grew up in a really interesting environment with amazing parents. Mm -hmm. um, and I always heard my own voice louder than anybody else's. And I held to that. Um, so I was impossible to influence. And I believe that children who we see who are difficult or who are bossy or rebellious really can hear their own voices quite clearly. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that it is, uh, unfortunately, the parents need to control their children is really um, their own kind of um, needing to control themselves. Mm -hmm. And I think that when we allow people mm -hmm. to become clear about what they're wanting for themselves and become conscious creators, conscious parents, mm -hmm. then I think that it becomes helpful for them first and then they pass it along to their children. Pretty sure I'm raising one of you. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> she, she hears her own voice. You know, she, she just hears Evie. Um, and I spend a lot of time reminding myself that that's really important um, and that it may be completely opposite of what I would need her to be doing or, you know, what needs to be happening. But, you know, her own voice is extremely loud, um, which she's a lot like me. So <laughs> she's me at 150%. Um, so it's very well, interesting. The, the reason it's so important for us to coach our children inward instead of outward is that they begin to... Um, you know, you're actually helping them guide from within instead of from without. And I think there's a lot to be said for that. There's really nothing outside of ourselves. And when children are able to self-regulate and to look inward mm -hmm. and to guide themselves from within, I think that they really do quite well. So when you say coaching inward, um, so I ask her all the time, you know, what do you think about this? You know, how do you feel? What, you know, what's a good solution do you think is for this? Or, you know, we're having problems with, you know, this is kind of a problem. Like we all sat down, we had a family meeting last night because the chores are getting done and I'm about to lose my mind. And I said, what needs to happen guys? You know, what, you know, what do you need to lose or what do we need to add? Or, you know, cause we try to kind of do a push and a pull for our kids um, because they respond to both generally, or the older one does. So um, coaching inward, um, does that mean, you know, letting the children or asking the children what they hear or what they think is a good solution? Or what they're needing for themselves mm -hmm. or what they're wanting for themselves, mm -hmm. you know, and also to give children the notion that there are no consequences. There's just an outcome. So whatever happens, mm -hmm. it's fine. You know, you choose to go out on a school night and you have homework. That's a choice you're making. If you think that's a great choice for you, you should do that. Mm -hmm. The outcome of that, it's not a consequence. But, you know, then you're in a, in a position, your child's mm -hmm. in a position to then assess the next time mm -hmm. if they would like a different outcome, if the outcome is something other than what they were thinking yeah. it was going to be. I love that. Uh, we really try to do love and logic. Um, and it's, it's interesting what happens when you don't save them um from the con you know from the outcome or from whatever the consequences um but yeah i actually tell my kids they get one save a year one save a school year um and to use it wisely and my daughter used it i think in the first couple of weeks <laughs> i was like this is your one i'm bringing you your whatever um but the rest of it is the homework doesn't get done or whatever you know we're here we're help we're here to help you we're here to facilitate but 
you know, it's up to you to make sure it gets done. Or not. Or not done. Or not. You know, yeah. and that's the other thing. If they look to us and we're not judging whatever mm -hmm. the outcome is, mm -hmm. then they get to sit with it and decide how important it is to them. And ultimately, yeah. we want to raise genuine communicators. We mm -hmm. want to raise genuine human beings. Yeah. I want them to also be really good at making their own choices, you know, and understanding what happens on that back end potentially for them. Awesome. Um, so talk to us about one of your favorite topics is creating endless opportunities. And I love the word opportunities. Um, so tell, tell us a little bit like what that looks like for people and how you facilitate that. Well, I don't facilitate well, how you help them facilitate that. You know, I think we ask people all day long what they want and mm -hmm. they tell us all day long what they don't want. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting when you focus on what you don't want, you get more of what you do not want. Mm -hmm. So you begin to ask people to think about, you know, what they do want. And when they are engaged in that process of feeling comfortable enough, because you've given them permission to do something that probably they have been scolded for their whole life. Mm -hmm. um, then they begin to see all the opportunities that come from their own personal desires. And usually those desires come from contrast, things that have happened or things that they've had mm -hmm. that really have not felt good to them. So mm -hmm. from contrast, we get really good clarity. And with clarity, then we have this amazing opportunity to start consciously creating our lives That's for so ourselves. Cool. For ourselves, because we cannot do this for anyone else. Yeah, or, it's for ourselves. It's yeah. really interesting um, that you see that, um, because I will ask people about their accounting pain points or whatever, and I always get some weird answer. But when I sit down and ask people, "What do you want? What are your goals?" Like, if I, if, I, if we could hand you anything, or if we could help you get towards anything, a lot of the time they're just like, "Nobody's ever asked me that." You know, and then a couple of days later, I'll get an email or something and they'll be like, sorry, I froze up. And I'm like, no judgment. Obviously, I don't, you know, I know that I ask questions that a lot of others, ACPAs don't and just people don't, period. Um, but they're always like, you know, there's this one thing that I do kind of want or like this one thing I've been thinking about or whatever. And they're like, but nobody, nobody asks me this question. Um, and so they kind of have to think about it. They have to dig down and figure out what it is they want. Um, and it's really interesting to see their reaction to being asked that question. Yes. Yes. And so you are facilitating them mm -hmm. to create try to. endless opportunities. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, I love it. Yeah. Um, let's see. So how do, how do you help people reframe contrasts or obstacles? Well, a lot of people want to talk about, um, where they are mm -hmm. and why. Mm -hmm. So um, a, a lot of it also has to do with what happened to them long ago. Mm -hmm. So I really encourage people to look at whatever it is that they are looking at back then from their adult here and now perspective. Mm -hmm. Because as an adult, you're in a different position and whatever it is that happened to you back then looks very different. So. Mm -hmm. How can we reframe? How can you um, think about whatever it is that you're thinking about mm -hmm. in a way that really is a reflection of your here and now? Mm -hmm. and, and that's a really nice reframe for people because people get stuck in this memory of themselves being young and small and voiceless mm -hmm. and powerless. And so if 
you can reframe it from where you are today. And probably where you are today is um, a, a, a great reflection of what you went through, but in a very positive way. Yeah. So, you know, you're powerful, you're strong, you're clear about what you're not having anymore. Yeah. And, and that feels really good when you can think about it that way. So that's like kind of an instant reframe for people. Hmm. That's so crazy. What is one of the hardest things people, or what is one of the things people have the hardest time reframing? Do you find? I think relationship with parents mm-hmm. that they had wished would have been different. And I think to have people understand that really everyone did the best they could. Mm-hmm. So your parents didn't not give you what you needed. They probably could. Yeah. So for whatever reason, to let people off the hook, and that is really hard for people because people get stuck in principle and resentment and they don't want to forgive and they don't want to let go and they don't want to take responsibility for their own lives. They would rather blame and, and use that as their excuse not to move forward, which mm-hmm. is a choice. So I tell people, if you are choosing to stay stuck and you're mm-hmm. consciously choosing that, then you are no longer a victim. And that's a powerful choice to make. Mm-hmm. but own it. Yeah. I find it very interesting. So I think you know this, but I'm also a birth doula. Um, and I always, you know, I always say, you know, ma- not making a choice on something is a choice, right? So not, so deciding to like not move forward on something or deciding that you don't want to pick A or B is still a choice. You don't have to pick A or B. Sometimes you choose C because that not making a choice is a choice. But a lot of people like to feel like they're a victim Mm -hmm. because then they don't need to take any personal responsibility for anything. And And they can still be stuck. They can just continue to be stuck. And they can be stuck. But to take responsibility that you're not making a choice feels pretty good. Like I'm choosing right now to not make a choice and that feels good. Okay. That's what I choose. More power to you. That's That's fine. (laughs) Yeah. So it's very, it's, it's interesting, especially, you know, I've seen a lot of, you know, how people make decisions um, through being a birth doula. That actually was super eye-opening for me because it's, it's different than being a ta- you know, ta- doing taxes and accounting. You know, people still make choices that are very interesting to me there, but in birth, it's just, it's just a whole different, <laughs> just a whole different ball game. Um, and I learned a lot about personalities and how people make choice, make choices and, you know, what's behind the choices. Um, you know, people see things frame different, see things differently than others for a lot of different reasons, um, and make different choices for a lot of different reasons. Um, and it really, it really was eye opening to me because I've always been one of those more judging personalities. Um, I don't think I'm that anymore <laughs> because it just, I, I just realized that everybody has their own things and their own stuff yeah. and they're going to make those choices through their own lenses. And as they should. And guess what? It has nothing to do with you. So like exactly. Business. <laughs> exactly. And that's exactly it. A lot of times people will be like, what, what would you do? And I'm like, I'm not nothing getting to do with you. Yeah. It's got nothing to do with me. You know, where you, what you're choosing is for you. What I would choose is different because I have different experiences. And I think we are so used to being told what to do, especially mm-hmm. children, that when you ask them, Mm-hmm. Well, 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 what would you like to do or how would you like to handle it? I think that they really are thrown by that. <laughs> so it's good. You're preparing them for asking themselves those questions 
yeah all through their lives yeah we try to do that around here as much as possible right. <laughs> oh, good. Yay. Um, I want them to just I want them to be responsible good citizens you know and to be mentally healthy like that's really important for me is physically and mentally health you know healthy and happy in themselves yes um, and that's what's the most important to me um, so they can make mac and cheese and they can cook and stuff too but you know they're self-sufficient um so let's see do, do, do. um i love your reframing to opportunities um what opportunities are many of us missing on a daily basis i think that most people don't know that um being happy is an option mm. so when you actually allow people to think about the option of being happy Mm -hmm. or creating their life consciously mm -hmm. I think that's huge for people because once again people get stuck in this victim mode and really feel like they're a victim to everything their job their relationship their children mm -hmm. so I mean it just goes on and on and on and on mm -hmm. so um, do they want to take personal responsibility oftentimes not but if you could be happy and feel really good and connected to yourself and create the life you want is that like a good trade-off? Yes, it is. And you feel really powerful when you step into the place of making choices for yourself, about yourself. Mm -hmm. Choosing where to put your time, where yes. to put your energy. Yes, and I think women, especially mothers, they, you know, they use their relationships with their children and their families. It's, it's excuses to not do that. Mm -hmm. That's unavoidable, you know? Yeah. It's, it's very interesting because as a society, um, we expect people, we expect mothers to put themselves aside a lot of the time. Um, and when you don't, people are confused sometimes. Well, or, it depends how you feel about it. Because right. I think if you feel really good about what you're doing mm -hmm. and how you're doing it, people have nothing to say about that. They yeah. really don't. They probably yeah. look at you and all and they go, uh-huh. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think it's very interesting. Um, but I just, I know way too many w women who have lost themselves in being a mother, um, you know, or in a lot of judgment about how they're supposed to do that um, or what that looks like or that's supposed to look like, I guess. Um, I am not that. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed. Um, pretty confident in my choices to, you know, to work and run a business and you know my kids we have an amazing support system and i tell people that all the time i'm not superwoman i just know what my priorities are and um, so when you do put yourself first and mm -hmm. foremost and mm -hmm. they tell you to do that when you get on an airplane right and you have small children <laughs> right on then, yeah then you are available to assist others in all kinds of ways and yeah. i think that's wonderful that you're the living breathing example of that so. Yeah, I want to be that for both of my kids. I think it's really important for them to see the balance. Yeah. Um, my parents weren't really good at balance. It was a whole thing, but it's something I'm trying to be better at. Then that's wonderful. At least to show them what that looks like. Yeah. Um. So, how does someone change their storyline? Well, first they have to know what their story is. I think that we go on and on and on about what our story is and we don't even know what we're saying most of the time and the more drama and trauma that we can include in that story the 
bigger the audience is and the more attention we get, and it just mm -hmm. takes on a whole life of its own. So if we can ask ourselves, what is the story that we are telling ourselves and others? And is it even true? Mm -hmm. I would say that 90% of it is not even true, hmm. at least here and now in your adult life. Mm -hmm. So what part of that story feels good when you're telling it? And if it does feel good, you should keep telling it because it probably feels good as you're living it. Mm -hmm. But for most people, it doesn't feel good when you're telling mm -hmm. it. So I ask people to just change maybe a line of it or a word of it or, um, you know, put in some grammar or something to change the tone of it. Mm -hmm. Because the story that we're telling should be or could be the reflection of the life that we would like to be living. Mm -hmm. So how do you want your life to look? And is it a fairy tale? No, it's not. It's about you creating your life moment by moment. And by speaking it, you will very quickly step into it. It's so crazy how our brain, how our brains work like that. Yes, it, 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 it really works. So mm -hmm. what you think about is what you get right. all day long. A good friend of mine, um, I don't know, she read, a, she read a book at one point and um, all she did to really kind of change her mindset and flip her life around was repeat to herself, I love myself, I love myself, I love myself. Like she would be having a negative thought and she'd just be like, I love myself. I love myself. That's great. I love myself. And in like five years, she went from like burying, burying, like in an apartment with 10 other people to like a million dollar company. There you go. Um, it was just that reframing and that consistent, just over and over and over again, you know, mindset shift. And becoming reacquainted with her own voice. Absolutely. Talking to our own selves positively. Is so important. I love it. So good. Um, so because I'm a CPA and it's almost tax season, I have to ask you this question for all of us busy business people. Um, how do people turn their to-do lists, their to-do lists or their tasks and that overwhelm? How do they, how do we reframe that to opportunity? We procrastinate because procrastination is our greatest friend, even though it's got the worst rap. So yeah, that's what we do. We procrastinate. Yep. And if we are not feeling inspired to do something, we set it aside until we feel the inspiration to do it. That's mm. what we do. I love it. Because then it's just like, this is the thing that needs to get done right now. But nothing needs to get done. So mm -hmm. as soon as you give yourself permission not to do it, guess what? You'll actually want to do it. <laughs> it's so true. Yes. It's so true. It's so Maybe funny. I will... I will procrastinate on doing one thing by finishing something that needed to get done because it's like, okay, now I'm in the frame of mind to finish this okay. or now this is more important than this. The thing is that when we do something and we're not in alignment with it, mm -hmm. the outcome is not successful. So to sit down and to push ourselves to do something, but we're not feeling inspired to do it, mm -hmm. I guarantee that you're not giving your all and the outcome is not going to be as you as it could have been. Uh -huh. And it's going to drain us. It's going to drain us energy wise. I do find if I'm like pushing myself to get something done that I really don't want to do, I'm exa I'm exhausted afterwards because it takes such an energy expenditure. And that energy is pretty negative. I so give yourself time to get inspired. Go eat some ice cream, go 
I don't know. It's Go different for, for everyone, but I love procrastination. I really do. I love that. I think you're probably <laughs> the only guest that's ever yes, going to say that. Yes. Uh, we, we work with a lot of produ- productivity people too. Um, but I love that. And I think we also, a lot of the time can just say that thing doesn't actually need to get done. This is true. We can this just cross it off true. or decide yes. it's not important right now. Yes, exactly. And so. you know, the quicker you cross it off, it's not important. It's interesting. The quicker you come back to it. That's great. I love it. Um, and I'm going to start being like, well, Jamie said I could procrastinate on it. <laughs> it actually feels really good to give it yourself does. permission to procrastinate. It does. Um, and I try really hard to pick things that I know are going to, I'm going to have the energy for that day. Um, and don't only pick enough that I think I can actually get crossed off. That's something I'm working with that mindfulness coach right now too. Um, and he's really kind of helping me dial down my type A tendencies to think that I can get a lot more done than I can. Um, cause then I just live in this overwhelm, like, ah, so much to do, but it's like, no, I'm getting stuff done and it's amazing. Um, so it's really good procrastination. Awesome. Um, so one of your key services is a texting service. Um, so tell us about that service. Um, and, um, how you help people with that service. It is called the quickie, (laughs) a lovely texting option. (laughs) So, um, and it came um, as a result of um, requests from some some clients. Mm -hmm. And so people just buy blocks of time and they just text with me. They have to text me a question. And as they're texting me the question, it's so interesting how they are often answering their own question. And Mm -hmm. then I will text back to them. And it is just giving them an opportunity to really tap back into themselves. And I really become the conduit. I really love um, that. It's, it's a great service. And I really like the abbreviated emotional um, component that texting takes because mm-hmm. you do everything kind of, um, it's just this, it's a very nice, way to get right to whatever it is that you need to ask the question about because you can just access words do it quickly yes and then it's funny because people will send me an email so it's really interesting because i feel like people think about things for a really long time and then i'll either get a text question or they'll send me a message or i'll get an email or whatever but generally they figured it out like in the process of writing the email or in the process of like they, they're like, oh wait, I just answered my own question. Or like they'll send the text and they'll be like, you know what? I decided, well, I'm waiting for you to get back to me. I'm just gonna see if I can find my own answer. There you go. Um, and I always love those. I'm always just like, great, let me know if I can. <laughs> I'm here anytime you need to do that, right? Yeah. Um, because it's, and it's, it's, I think it's gratifying on the other end too because people have the ability to just be like, I needed to get this out right now and I've already found my own solution. There you go. And 90% of the time we know the answer to, and pretty much any question we're gonna ask somebody. That's so great. And, and I think that's really true. A lot of the time, like I'll be just trying to mull over something and I'll type it up on Facebook or like, I'll you know, put it in one of my forums or whatever. Cause I'm like, I have a question about this, that and the other thing, but I'm just like, but do I? I think I know which way I wanna exactly. go. Exactly. Yeah. You do, I, you I always do. Know. You know. Maybe you don't know how or why you know, but you always know for yourself. for yourself. Mm-hmm. Not for others, for yourself. Of course, you know, in terms of taxes and being mm-hmm. helpful, mm-hmm. you can offer that expertise. But mm-hmm. other things, I think that, you know, people know. They just mm-hmm. know. 
for themselves. Yeah. Um, I think there those, there's those people who don't want an answer though. Also like they'll ask a question and every solution is not, is not good enough or doesn't fit somehow. Those are the people that drive me absolutely crazy. <laughs> but, but I think the answer is, is they don't want an answer. So then what is your response to those people? I always ask them, what do you think needs to happen what, here? And what do they say? Um, they're usually just like, I don't know. That's why I asked the question. I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know, you got a ton of answers here. Do any of them resonate or is there something you wanted the answer to be? We, we have a, a, a diagnosis for that, but I won't tell you what it is. <laughs> oh, I want to know. Is it asshole? <laughs> no, it's borderline. Oh, <laughs> we know about that one. <laughs> um, yeah, um, we call them assholes. They ask questions, but it's just a black hole. There you go. There we go. Uh, borderline. I like borderline better, but <laughs> I'm, not I'm not trying to diagnose people. Um, okay. Well, thank you so much. Um, so before I ask my last question, what is the easiest way for people to find you? I have a website, yes. www.jamie-lernar.com. Mm -hmm. and we'll everything is on there. I mean, and we'll there's a million podcasts and there's so much free information. And if you're awesome. the least bit interested, check it out. Great. And we'll link all that in the description boxes. I'm sure like everybody else does. And then also, um, Jamie um, is happy to offer a 15 minute free trial for anybody who wants to do the texting sessions, um, which is awesome. And we'll get, um, we'll get that all linked in the description boxes also. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So final question for you. What is the one thing that everyone can do to move their life towards opportunity? Take personal responsibility mm. and trust themselves. Trust themselves. Yeah. I love that. Trust themselves. I love a lot of the, just like you were saying, trust that you have the answer for, mm. for yourself. Yes. Um, it's so, because it's so powerful. Do. It's so powerful to be in your own to hear your own voice and that be the right answer yeah. for you. And sometimes you hear the answer and you just say to yourself, I know this is what I should do for myself and I'm not doing it. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's powerful too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and you're saying, I'm not doing it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> my voice over here says I need a massage. So I have to do this. I'm going to go it. make my appointment do it. <laughs> because that needs to happen. Thank I know you. that it needs to happen. But hold on. What can you, advice can you give us for people going into tax season? Oh, Lord. Um, I think patience. <laughs> patience with your tax person. Um, we have had way uh, just so much, so much coming down the pipe from Congress the last few years. And we're, IRS is still figuring it out. We're all still figuring it out. Um, my biggest piece of advice, and it's always this, is um, get outside eyes on your business and your taxes. You don't know what you don't know, um, in those realms, unless it's what you do. Um, and having out the outside eyes from your advisors and listening to them, um, if it resonates with you, cause I love, I love that. Like yeah. if their answer resonates with what you think your answer is, um, which generally it will, if you've picked the right advisors because they know you well enough or they know where you want to go well enough, 
that they're giving you the answer you need to move that way. Um, so my biggest piece of advice is always outside eyes. Okay, that's you know, great. Outside eyes on your books, outside eyes on your taxes, outside eyes on your goals. Um, because you know where you want to go, but you have to tell people where you want to go. Right. So we can help you get there. Sounds good. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I, I like having people ask me my questions on my own podcast. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, Jamie, it has been so amazing. Um, I really appreciate you. Thank um, you. And I'm going to do the texting stuff. Oh, good. Thank you. And enjoy your massage. I will. I'm going to go do that. I'm going to go make an appointment right now. All right. (laughs) Because I know you'll probably hold me to that. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Jamie. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening or watching. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube, iTunes, or wherever you prefer to listen. If you learned something and found some useful information to apply to your business today, please consider giving us a thumbs up and a review. Until next week, be abundant. Be abundant.